Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome back. It's nice to have you here. Uh, I, I, I missed you. Not today. Thank you. With Jake Yap. Well, it's great to be back. There's a lot to talk about today. There's uh, the Royals and Brexit and all the fun stuff. Uh, but first of all, let's have a new strand, which I'm calling... The March of Dimes! Uh, the bushfires in Australia, of course, have been raging, and so have lots of people, uh, mainly because uh, some celebrities have donated uh, big, big numbers, big amounts of money. Nick Cave donated $500,000, half a million dollars, as did Pink and Bette Midler and Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban and Kylie Minogue's family. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Kylie Jenner and Elton John pledged a million dollars apiece, and Leonardo DiCaprio gave three million dollars. Uh, but here's a brief message from Amazon. Amazon. We're the company with the smile on the box and whose CEO looks like a box. We're not sure what having a personal fortune of $110 billion does to a person. When you could spend a million dollars an hour, 24 hours a day for the next 12 and a half thousand years, it's probably hard to have perspective. How expensive of a sandwich is it humanly possible to eat for lunch? But here at Amazon, we're big on philanthropy. That's why the company, not Jeff Bezos, is pledging a million dollars to help the bushfires in Australia. Sorry, Amazon deals in local currency. We meant a million dollars Australian. 690,000 US. That's what our boss makes in three minutes. Three minutes. Amazon's lowest paid US workers make 75 cents in that time. If Jeff Bezos took just one day off, he could pay all his employees worldwide nearly a $500 bonus. But he's not going to do that. So while the world burns, he's going to keep wrapping it in cardboard and trucking it directly to your door because you're too lazy or tired or vulnerable or thoughtless to do it any other way. Amazon, this company's on fire. Just like our namesake. It's time for some young people who aren't fully socially developed to get their clothes off for our titillation on Coercion Island. Oh my god, this is Central! Look at this parade of belly post-pubescent pudenders. What's wrong with that? Too close to the mic, barking out some view, trying not to think too hard about whether or not any of this is okay. Sort of like tucking fibers into some stripper thongs to make them kiss each other. Oh, we need to push now. Go on, youngsters. I've got socks older than you. Why don't you fuddle about with each other and give away all your dignity for a slim chance to win 50 grand? We're going to hate each other in a few days. It's what they want from us. That pool's going to need more chlorine. Coercion Island. Let's 
literally a screen filled with arses for the next two weeks and watched by people who should know better. I need a drink. What have I done with my life? I don't want to dwell on it excessively, but uh, this whole royal story and stuff, I know that uh, the royal family are meeting today or something or whatever, it doesn't matter. I am still just astonished and appalled at what people have been saying about this. Eamon Holmes on Talk Radio. There's an institution for you. Uh, he's got no sympathy for Meghan Markle, even though he doesn't know anything about her. He says, uh, I just find her incredibly irritating. I've never met her. I'm doing Ian Paisley, not Eamon Holmes, doesn't matter. I've never met her, but but I look at it and I think, I don't don't think I'd like you in real life. Awful, woke, weak, manipulative, spoiled. She's a manipulator. She's a controller. You mark my words. Although uh, he admitted he's never met her. (laughs) Wow, dude. I mean, here's the thing. What if Meghan and Harry, in a few months' time or a couple of years' time, said, you know what, we've made a huge mistake? How do your comments give them a path back? What are you doing but confirming everything they ever suspected about the British press and really Britain at large? Do you want these people to come back into the fold and toe the line and do all the things that you want them to do? Or actually, are you just so pathetically reductive that in every news story you need a baddie? Let's let's even give you the huge benefit of the doubt, although I think I know where you'd stand on benefits, say. Supposing you're right, right? Supposing this had been all Meghan Markle's faults. She was some conniving witch. And on top of everything else, Harry now has to go through a divorce. How have you helped him with any of... How has any of this helped anyone at all? Yes, it's our depressingly regular feature, You Won, Get Over It, where we look at all things uh, election and brexit and stuff, and uh, news that there's going to be a festival of Brexit. What could be more jolly? It's the festival of rubbing libtards' noses in it. 120 million quid they're going to drop on this, and they say there's going to be a great celebration of all things British, uh, quoting Steve McQueen's Year 3 project with Tate, although I don't think it's going to be quite as good as that. Let's see what they come up with, you know? Like Gary Barlow's on the Okay, guys, 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 World trade we've already secured. Out of interest, what trade deals have we got put in place so far? Uh, yeah. I've got the list here, guys. Pretty impressive. Some really massive yeah. world players here. Yeah. Kosovo, Jordan, Morocco, Georgia, mm. Southern African nations, Tunisia, Lebanon, South Korea, Central oh. America, Andean countries, Norway and Iceland, Caribbean countries, Pacific Islands, Liechtenstein. That's a good one. Israel, Palestinian Authority, Switzerland, the Faroe Islands, Eastern Southern Africa, and Chile. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Maybe look at what we've done around the world. Okay, quick bing. Let's see what Britain's achieved. Uh, I've got one here. 1940s, our finest hour. Winston Churchill uh, rounding up the Kikuyu people into concentration camps and torturing them to death. Uh, okay, no no wrong answers here. Okay, guys, well, anything else? And the 1870s, exporting food from India while millions of them starved to death? Yeah, maybe recreate Lord Lytton's banquet for 60,000 people while people starved outside. Lovely stuff. Everybody loves Churchill, don't they? What about the destruction of Ventersburg in South Africa in 1900 and the um, concentration, concentration camps? Yeah. 
team emerging here. <laughs> the Amritsa massacre. The BRICS plan for new villages in Malaysia. Is that another concentration camp? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Potato farm. Slave trade. One at a time, guys. Occupation of Tibet. Partition of India. Wow, guys, so much stuff here. Real inspotainment. Yeah, it's really great that finally we can be proud of ourselves again. I mean, just looking at the board there. Oh, God. We're an absolute horror show. What are we can? What about great British foods? Yeah, good. Spag bowl. Omelette. Curry. Chow mein. Pizza. Chips. Really great, guys. That's lunch. Corrections, clarifications and omissions. Ah, uh, so many things I missed out last week. So annoying. Uh, do you ever get this with Twitter where suddenly you'll see someone like to reply you or mentioned it and you're like, I don't, I don't remember seeing that original tweet who did the, and then finally you get to see the can you just like everything that i mentioned in i'm not doing that in a self Just then maybe i stand a better chance of seeing it anyway i missed out loads of tweets last week and that's really annoying we're talking about dominic cummings dumpster the cumster saying that he wanted uh, weirdos nerds and misfits to come and join him in the government and uh, lots of tweets uh, when i asked for uh, who would you like to see becoming a uh, government advisor sophie said uh, definitely Bernard Cribbins and that bloke off University Challenge Eric Monkman he'd keep them busy oh yeah I remember him Bernard Cribbins I mean he's I think he's 92 and to be honest for the last 20 years every time I've seen him come on TV (laughs) I've gone Bernard Cribbins in his final role but it, it never, I, I hope he never has a final role I think he's wonderful I want him to go on forever uh, Lee uh, sounds awful I, I mm. we'll see if I have time to edit this out uh, Lee says uh, I'd have Dom Littlewood and Greg Wallace no reason just make it so oh, Dominic Littlewood he'd be the one wouldn't he don't get done get Dom don't get Brexit don't get Dom something like that I can't be bothered to turn that into a sketch. Pablo and his Vault of Horror. It's at Pablo Bonzo. He does a late-night horror radio thing, if you're interested. I haven't listened, but he keeps asking me to retweet it, and I'll do this instead. Anyway, he says, I'd like Pickle from CITV's Nightmare. Definitely falls within the parameters, and was ultimately a kind and cautious soul, always trying to sneak a banana into a Dungeoneer's knapsack. Can't do that sort of thing anymore, can you? Or offering them helpful advice, much to the chagrin of Tree Guard. We need a pickle in Parliament. I think we had one, didn't we? Eric Pickles. Wasn't he a thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Gardner's Question Time. I'm all over the shop this morning. That's weekends for you. Just kills your uh, kills your flow. Pat says, uh, I'd have Nisfit taking the evil down a notch. Leather with the chainsaw would have a kinder side. Is that the uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, man. I would like to see Davros at the Department of Works and Pensions for a gentler approach than we're used to. <laughs> Davros, of course, is the uh, Dalek overlord. Bottom half Dalek, top half sort of an exploded squid. It's a good look. Uh, now, these are fictional characters, but does anyone believe that Cummings is not a Bond villain? Good point. Well said. And that's your corrections, clarifications and omissions. Also, uh, a lot of your emails have come in, probably too many to get through today. I shall hold a a couple over for tomorrow. Uh, Let's look at some of your uh, what are you drinking emails, as best I can tell. John's emailed. He says, uh, hi, Jake. Before I tell you what I'm drinking, I want to tell you Gregory Marsden didn't die. He just got run over. I was in the chemistry storeroom at the time stealing magnesium. Anyway, that was a long time ago. Okay, right, this is the story from last week. John was talking about 
uh, how he he was in competitions and the Marsden brothers kept winning and then dying or something. Uh, still, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased Gregory Marsden didn't die. Uh, you always need the air and spare, don't you? Uh, that's what people have been so awfully talking about, Harry, uh, this week. Anyway, that was a long time ago, as he says. Uh, sorry, thank you for clarifying that, John. You'll have to go back and listen to last week's podcast if you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he says, I'm drinking Freedom Shiraz which is what they call a trophy wine from South Australia, and drunk at the wedding of the Crown Prince of Denmark to his wife from Adelaide. The vines are the oldest in the world. Usually after ten years they're burnt and new saplings replanted. But my Aussie ancestors didn't have a clue about making wine. It smells of Audrey Hepburn and tastes like those love heart sweets. You know the ones, those sweets with messages like i love you i never believed the messages regards john do you know what i was going to do a thing about love island but or dancing on ice uh, but i th- that's a great what do you think love heart sweets should have written on them that's what i'm asking you today it's at not today pod on twitter or you can email jake uh, no not jake not today at swanburst.com oh my god I need to get back in the swing of this. Uh, There's another one. This comes with a bit of a a VOM warning. This is from the aforementioned Pablo. Uh, Hello there. He says, uh, how do you, Jake, and all the not-today podestrians? I'm not sure if this is what you're after. Oh, boy. But on my 18th birthday, I went out for birthday drinks with my 21-year-old girlfriend. I was cool. I think I established this in a prior missive and some chums. My birthday is just before Christmas, and as such, my girlfriend had convinced her mother to let her wear her Christmas present, a three-quarter length grey suede jacket, out for the festivities. The fact that you are talking about this jacket suggests that something really bad is going to happen to the jacket. The evening was going well, and even though I was young, I wasn't inexperienced in the ways of booze. I'm northern. Oh, and much fun was had. I can't do that. That's not appropriate. My only weakness drink-wise was gin. I can't and never have been able to imbibe that foul spirit, but everyone knew this, so no gin was passing these lips. What about your nostrils, Pablo? Later on in the evening, I got called up to the bar to do birthday shots. I see six small measures of different coloured spirits in front of me. Just to make sure, I clarified, there's no gin, is there? Sorry, there's no gin, is there? That's terrible. Of course not, was the answer. I ploughed on. Drink one. A zesty lemon vodka. Drink two. Red aftershock. It was the late 90s. Oh, aftershock. What a foul concoction that was. I remember buying and drinking that. All going well so far. Drink three. Gin! I scrabble for the next drink to get the taste away. Drink four. Gin! With a dash of blackcurrant. I desperately grab the fifth glass, hoping it's not gin. Drink five. Amaretto. Phew. I curse my so-called friends and drink the last drink, which was, of course, drink six. Gin! With a dash of lime. This was the shot that broke the proverbial Pablo's bile duct. (laughs) And I ran out of the pub for fear of expelling the multicoloured contents of my now-churning belly. Oh, as I sat staring at the undulating pavement floor. Oh, I hate that. I heard a voice. Sweetie, are you okay? It was my girlfriend. Did I mention I was 18 and she was 21? I tried to utter something that would confirm I was feeling a a bit off, but could only manage a quivering thumbs up. (laughs) 
She got me to stand up, and as I turned to face her, I felt the vomit dam burst in my belly. I'm sorry about this, and was instantly aware of a surge. Um, yeah, okay. Thinking quickly, I placed my hand in a vice-like grip over my mouth. <laughs> oh, man. Sadly, my fingers were over my actual mouth, so that when... it uh, Basically, it was a sprinkler. I showered my girlfriend head to toe in a rainbow of... The coat was ruined. She stopped being my girlfriend and I never drank again. Sorry, no, I never drank gin again. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Pablo. Ah, oh, that's horrendous. I kind of asked for this, didn't I? Okay, well, look, there's there's lots of other emails that I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold over till tomorrow because mainly because it's very, very late and I need to make this actual podcast and get it t- to you. But yes, what do you think should be written on Love Hearts? Uh, your darkest, most cynical missives are most welcome. It's at nottodaypod or at nottoday at swanburst.com. I'm getting back into this. Uh, I hope Monday goes well. We can do this, everybody. And we'll be back here tomorrow. I hope you'll join me. If you could subscribe and share, that would be really ace. This uh, podcast has grown amazingly, far more than I ever could have imagined. And if it grows just a little bit more, then it becomes viable. Imagine that. Uh, as does my life. All right, take care. Have a good day. See you tomorrow. Bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.